are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked On Sun Devils. Today we're going to be getting into the new AP poll rankings. Uh, we're going to talk about whether ASU is deserving of their ranking, whether that was fair or not, uh, where the rest of the Pac-12 sits, who stays and who goes, uh, as well as upcoming BYU, who made the AP poll ranking this week as well, who is their upcoming Week 3 matchup. We'll be looking at uh, potential number one wide receivers on this offense as we've gotten through the first two weeks. Uh, we've definitely seen some flashes from several guys, uh, but it still begs the question, Who's that going to be? So we're going to talk down that. Uh, and then final segment will be who the, the defensive captains will be behind Darian Butler. Uh, I think we can talk about several players at each level of the defense, which is great. However, there can only be one right choice. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. There's no better place to get all your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Sun Devil fans. It is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am your host, Connor Drios, always accompanied by my co-host, Richie Bradshaw. Richie, how are you doing today? Uh, I, I'm okay. I'd be better if my Baltimore Ravens won, but you know what? At the end of the day, my Arizona State Sun Devils are 2-0, and and I can't ask for much more than that. That's right. We are Sun Devils fans first. You can find us on Twitter, at Cdrios, and at uh, Richie Bradshaw, 36. Richie Brads, Richie 36. Brads, 36. Unbelievable. I thought we were friends. Now, is that with an S or a Z? That's a Z, that, my friend. The Z is important. And don't forget, Locked on Sun Devils Twitter is also at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Today is Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to be breaking down the AP poll rankings and where ASU is hopefully standing after every single week. Uh, so far, uh, through two weeks, they have climbed from, what was it, 25 to 21, and now they are 25 sitting... 25 to 23 to 19. 23. Uh, and now they are sitting at 19. Uh, how do you feel about ASU being ranked at 19? So far, they've played two pretty predictable games so far, but they've, they've won. They've done what they were supposed to do. Does 19 feel about right? Is it too high, too low? I think 19 is perfect. You're, you're seeing what you expected, a strong defense and a potent offense. Obviously, you wish you saw more, and that's why they're not ranked higher. But they're 2-0. They've won the games in ways that they're supposed to win the games. Just because they're not putting up 70-7 to scores every single week doesn't mean that they're not a really good football team. And this is a strong team from top to bottom. The defense is stout, as we know. The pass rush is starting to get in a nice rhythm. The secondary is terrific. They have absolutely amazing players scattered throughout the defense. As always, this is a Darian Butler, uh, this is a Darian Butler stand account slash podcast. We also have a good offense. The offensive line has played well. The run game is terrific. All we're waiting for is that downfield passing attack to open up. But I mean. This isn't this isn't some Sun Devils team that's going to run itself into the playoff, go undefeated, and make a magical run. This is a team, however, that is in contention for the Pac-12 South, and if they continue to play strong, will be in contention for the Pac-12 title as a whole. So 
I think 19 is perfect. And you got a really nice, uh, what do you call it, uh, matchup this week against BYU to really decide whether or not you're going to feel comfortable with this team moving forward. Playoffs? Sorry, I wanted to do that like a minute ago when you mentioned the playoffs. You should have just interrupted me. I, I should have. I, uh, I will always be okay with a Jim Mora reference. Uh, I, I will say, for anyone who's ever upset at the AP poll rankings, it's it's the powers at B, right? People who have the ability to vote in order to rank these players, or uh, these teams, I should say. It, it's not so much that... It's not so much that 19 is just... It's not unfair, right? They just... They've taken care of business like they're supposed to. Of course. Right? Uh, so I, I'm looking at that, and I'm totally okay with it. Uh, meanwhile... The rest of the Pac-12 uh, has actually had, depending on, on which school you're talking about, uh, but Oregon, nice surprise to see them jump up to four after they uh, beat Ohio State at Ohio State. Yeah, they did it in the horseshoe. So a little bit of Pac-12 pride there. C.J. Verdell is a problem. I know the dude's been in college for what feels like my whole life, and I'm 26 years old, and it feels like C.J. Verdell has been there since the Darren Thomas days at Oregon. But Verdell's a stud. It was really nice to see him pop off and show off like a classic Oregon running back. Like a guy who's just breaking off big runs and scoring touchdowns. It's what Oregon's been known for for years. And Verdell brings that familiarity back. So, and, and I mean, they got a good defense too. All the more impressive because they lost three of their top defensive backs to the NFL draft this past year. So, Plus, or- Oregon was missing some of their better defensive players. Thibodeau was out. Yeah, when, you, when you're able to contain Ohio State, and put contain in quotes, they gave up, what, 31 points? Uh, I think it was close to that. Uh, point, point is, they, they gave up north of 30 points, but that that's saying a lot. I think they also gave up like 600-plus yards, too. Yes, so. well, and Ohio State's quarterback was on one. Yes, that, that game-sealing pick was just god-awful. But you take that throw away, and he... He was on a mission against Oregon. That was a very good game. One of the best college football games of the year so far. We're only in uh, week two. We're heading into week three now. That's going to be one of the candidates by the end of the year. 100%. It was an absolutely outstanding game. But props to Oregon. Pac-12 pride, baby. Put us back on the map. Put us in the playoff. You would like to ultimately get some sort of representation, right? If it's not ASU at the end of the year, which we're, we're undefeated and we're not planning on losing any games, but things happen. Uh, but not only did Oregon make a jump, you also saw UCLA. Uh, they went from 16 up to 13. Uh, so they they are, beat their bye week. They did beat their bye week. But considering you had uh, LSU, obviously, after their, what was technically game two of week one for them, after they played week zero, uh, UCLA, again, still feels pretty properly ranked there. Uh, so that should be a good matchup for them later this year. Yeah, and they're, they're also a well-coached team with a potent offense. We talked a little bit yesterday about... Uh, uh, Thompson Robinson and how much of a stud he is at quarterback. Now you got a solid defense too. Chip Kelly looks like he might be recreating and reinventing himself at UCLA after after a little bit of a slow start to his new stint back in the Pac-12. But UCLA looks like a tough team, and of course they just so happen to be in the Pac-12 South. So that is your three schools as far as remaining inside the top 25 for the Pac-12. Uh, we did have schools such as Utah and USC who lost to BYU and Stanford, respectively. And let's let's spend just a quick minute talking about USC because they ended up firing Clay Hilton, who admittedly has been just terrible at USC and has been absolutely holding them back 
despite the plethora of NFL talent that continues to go through that school because USC is blue blood school and they just, they, the school recruits itself. They get top tier quarterback prospects. They have wide receivers every year. They have defensive players all over that side of the football. They, they seemingly have running backs all the time. Sure, it's not the days of Marcus Allen and OJ Simpson, but they're still putting out quality guys. But for, for our NFL fans, Ronald Jones has been very hit and miss, but I mean, better than some of the guys that ASU's put in over the last few years. But point is, bringing it back all together, moving on from Clay Hilton should be the best thing that USC can do for their team this year to get back on track. Hilton has consistently held them back. And for all of our tinfoil hat fans out there, Urban Meyer is upset in Jacksonville and reportedly, according to Reddit, so take that with more than a grain of salt, or less than a grain of salt, I should say, is apparently unhappy with Jacksonville is considering stepping down, which is interesting because for years, literal years, we have been connecting Urban Meyer to USC, waiting for Clay Hilton to get fired. Clay Hilton is fired, is fired, and now Urban Meyer seemingly wants out of Jacksonville? Call me a conspiracy theorist. I just can't believe you just read it on our airways. I, I love Reddit, but I, it's not like Ian Rappaport is reporting this. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, the season's already kicked off. Mm-hmm. He's got Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. I, I mean, I understand that things run differently a little bit college and the pros, but it just wouldn't make any sense. Did you see his quote? I don't think so. He said, it's like playing, it's like you're playing Alabama every single week. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, really. That better be a real quote, because I also saw that on Reddit. Playing against the Houston Texans. Anyways, this is not an NFL podcast. This is a college football podcast. Uh, Lastly, we just want to point out BYU, uh, who moved up to number 23 in the AP poll rankings this week. After taking down Utah, and Utah is a good team, but BYU was very confident and took down Utah for the first time in God knows how long. Your first two games, uh, ASU has taken care of business and kind of done what they expect them to do. Got to be honest, BYU, especially that we're playing them uh, there, not in Tempe. I wouldn't say I don't feel overly great about this game, but I'll be watching this one much more intently, uh, not necessarily uh, as conclusive on the outcome just yet. Uh, So with that being said, we will be bringing on uh, Locked On uh, Cougars host Jake Hatch tomorrow. So we'll be talking everything BYU and he'll be breaking down uh, the matchup as the BYU expert. Uh, So make sure to tune in tomorrow to hear uh, a little bit more about this weekend's upcoming game between BYU and Arizona State. So that is uh, everything around the AP poll updates for this week in the Pac-12 and your Sun Devils. Uh, Stay here. We're going to be talking about potential number one wide receivers for Jaden Daniels and the Sun Devils. Coming up next, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Price Picks offers every sport you can think of, ranging from the NFL and college football all the way to basketball, pro pro and college, Major League Baseball, Soccer, MMA, and so much more than that. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have even ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions thrown and everything in between. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to ten times any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You don't need to worry about trying to fight anybody else. Price Picks offers mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, 
combined with the under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. That's right, you can use two different sports on your parlay. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries must be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. I gotta be honest, I, I'm not the kind of guy who, who just goes into like any sort of auto store and starts like taking anything off the shelf and knowing exactly what I need. I have to like uncomfortably walk up to the counter, start asking people questions because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm sure there's other people like that, maybe even somebody listening to this podcast. Uh, so if you're like me, go to rockauto.com. You're gonna be able to save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving the do-it-yourselfers uh, for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution uh, to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available to your car or truck. Uh, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you they always have an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com don't be that guy at the counter go to rock auto and they're going to take care of you through two weeks we have talked about the passing game what needs to be done to improve it uh so far herm edwards did take a little bit of our advice so thank you very much herm uh, and they did have quite a Herm, few. I'm the number one fan of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I believe he listens every single week. Uh, but I, I think he took a little bit of our advice, and Jaden was able to, to throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, that being said, there wasn't really a, a wide receiver that just popped, right? No one necessarily had like 100 yards and two touchdowns. It was kind of evenly spread across the board. And it's kind of got us thinking, who's going to be the number one in this offense? But I think we at least need to start with a definition of what a number one wide receiver is, right? So if nobody's popping off for like 100 yards or like a touchdown or two every week, which is obviously a, a high bar to hit, but that's just not going to be what this offense is. Uh, so with that being said, I think we have a couple candidates who are going to be Jaden's potential go-to guy on third downs. When you need a big play, uh, who is Jaden going to look at or when the game is on the line? who is going to be his go-to man. So I, I think I have a guy, Richie has a guy, and then maybe there's like somebody else we can talk about as a bit of a dark horse candidate. Richie, why don't you kick us off with your number one wide receiver in this offense? We'll start with this. Who do you think it is? For you? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go, you're an Andre Johnson stand. Is it going to be Andre Johnson? See, I am an Andre Johnson stand, but he hasn't shown me enough to make me believe that he can be the number one receiver. Instead, I'm going to go to the guy who I've highlighted as the next coming of Julian Edelman, Ricky Pearsall. Pearsall doesn't seem on the surface like someone who can be a number one receiver. He's someone that you want to get the ball in his hands, and that should be more than enough for you to consider him your number one guy. Is he a prototypical X? No, not at all. In, in fact, he probably isn't an X on, the, I mean, the most wide receiver-deprived football teams. But what Pearsall does for your offense makes him your number one facet in the passing game. He's the dude you want to get the ball in his hands and let him work. He's got uh, six for 65, which is tied with another receiver that we're going to mention here in a little bit. But he's also got two carries for 40 yards, including a 26-yard long. So it's not like all that came on one carry. The other carry is 14 yards. It's pretty freaking good. 
He also had that pass play in the uh, in the first game against Southern Utah. Pearsall has been absolutely creative with the ball in his hands, and that's the most important thing right now. No, he's not Brandon Ayuk. No, he's not Nikhil Harry. No, he's not Jalen Strong. But Pearsall is incredibly creative. He reminds me a lot of like a DJ Foster years ago, Arizona State legend DJ Foster. Fans of the Sun Devils will have very fond, fond memories of DJ Foster, and they should, because he did a little bit of everything as a runner and then transformed himself into a receiver once guys like Kalen Balaj and Demario Richards started to emerge in the backfield. Ricky Pearsall reminds me a lot of a DJ Foster. He's a guy that you can get really creative with and just get the ball in his hands and let him work. So no, he's not your prototypical X receiver. He doesn't look like John Mechie. He doesn't look like Chris Olave. But he looks good when the ball is in his hands. And that is the most important aspect of being a team's number one receiver. So your answer wasn't Andre Johnson? No, my answer was not Andre Johnson. But I, not, don't, be, don't, take it, don't take it the wrong way. I am still an Andre Johnson stan, even though I stumble on my words. I wrote down in my notes that you're going to take Andre Johnson, and that was it. Well, you can just throw your mock draft in the trash. Okay. Well, uh, I, I what I will at least say about Ricky Pearsall is he is the oldest of some of the wide receivers that we may be talking about, so he's had the most experience in his offense. Um, so I, I think he has at least that going for him. In terms of what may be a little bit more of a physical specimen, I will take the Andre Johnson stance. Uh, he is, I, I believe, the youngest. He is a freshman this year. Uh, he's shown some flashes. In example, week one, he had a big catch early on in the first quarter, and it's just left us wanting more. Overall in the season, uh, not anything incredibly impressive in terms of like overall numbers, but in terms of his efficiency. Uh, he has five catches for 57 yards in the year uh, and has 11.4 per reception as well with a long 31. Doesn't have a touchdown, but I think it's really only a matter of time. Uh, in fact, I do think he'll end up in the end zone against BYU. Uh, so I look forward to him strengthening my argument uh, after uh, that week or this week's upcoming game. Uh, so while I will say that Ricky Pearsall does have the experience over Andre Johnson, uh, I do look forward to him growing a little bit more in this offense. So if he's not at least the number one uh, this year, I believe he definitely will be uh, in the upcoming years as well. Like so, I said, don't get it twisted. I still love Andre Johnson. I would have no problem if he turned into that number one receiver that I believe firmly that he can be. I think if we were to both talk about another guy uh, in terms of even like more of a physical freak, I don't know about you, but my answer would be Johnny Wilson. Yeah, with how physical he is, it's hard not to fall in love with the kind of player that Johnny Wilson is. That dude is an absolute tree. And as we had highlighted in yesterday's episode, uh, every catch that he had, every block that he made from this last weekend's game, he was moving bodies. It wasn't so much like a, like, it was a standstill. You saw guys who was pushing back every single snap that he was involved in. Uh, so while I, I don't necessarily think that Johnny Wilson is going to be your uh, big do-it-all receiver, uh, with that size and with his physicality, I definitely think he can be uh, the go-to red zone guy in terms of the overall passing offense. Well, and he also looked like maybe the go-to guy across the middle of the field. Maybe, maybe he could even be that guy for a clutch third down that I'm looking to make the big grab, and not be afraid to take the big hit. Obviously, that's expecting a lot from such a small sample size, but it's hard not to think that he can't be that guy with the little bit that we've seen. But again, we're, we're two weeks in. We have a very small amount of passing volume to take a look at. This is all speculation. But 
Johnny Wilson is definitely a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye out on. And then the other guy I was thinking about was L.D. Funkley-Shelton. I mentioned earlier that Ricky Pearsall was tied on the team for receptions and yards at six at six catches for 65 yards. The difference between the two is Bunkley Shelton has that 33-yard touchdown grab that he had against UNLV. So I do like Bunkley Shelton. I want to see more from him. I want to see more from Johnny Wilson. I want to see more from Andre Johnson. And I want to see the continued creative use of Ricky Pearsall. It's a good thing we have more upcoming games this year. We can watch more of all of them. Well, and who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, Rashad White is the number one running back and the number one receiver on this team. Could happen. Happened through four games last year. Uh, I will say if that is the case, uh, ASU may or may not be winning many games that year, or Rashad White's just in the Heisman conversation. Uh, so one of those is really good. The other's not so good. So I, I think when you mentioned L.D. Buckley Shelton, I, I think if you can have some other guys to sprinkle in as well, so if like your number one is having an off day or like they're just being covered by a stud number one corner, uh, and just taking him away. If you have guys like Monkley Shelton or an Andre Johnson, Curtis Hodges even, where you can have at least uh, some other go-to guys as well, where they just might not be your number one player, that's still fine. You're, all offenses need those guys, right? Uh, so I, I think as, as they can continue to develop and get a little bit more chemistry with Jaden Daniels, uh, we'll at least find out who the number one is and kind of what the pecking order uh, is going forward as well. Uh, you're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Stick with us. We're going to be talking about other defensive captains outside of our defensive MVP so far uh, and Darian Butler. We're back with our final segment. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, defensive players uh, to really highlight outside of Darian Butler. I, I don't want to make this too boring. If we just talk for, for this last segment all about Darian Butler, we totally could. Right? I would he, love to. He, But we're not going to because I've already said that. We've made a claim. We're going to stick to it. Buckus Award winner, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, every other major award, just just give it to him. Darian Butler's the man. Number one draft pick. Well, maybe not. We'll see. But he does lead your team in tackles, has multiple sacks, multiple interceptions. I, I mean, the dude's just been on fire. But, God forbid, something happens to Darian Butler. He has to take plays off. I will something. fight you for even saying something so heinous. He had to take another bus that got delayed to, Heresy! to BYU. He got lost at, at the snack bar. I hate this place. It's a prison. So we, we've agreed in this hypothetical scenario he's missing snaps. You have to have somebody else who's going to step up and make plays. I, I think the defense as a whole has looked great, but who's going to be the guy to, to anchor them down? Rich, if you had to identify anyone at any level, it could be the defensive line, your linebackers, or anybody in the secondary, is there somebody that stands out to you as far as, like, the next captain of this defense? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's hard not to have multiple guys to highlight when you have the defense playing as well as it has in every facet of the game. So, to me, the conversation starts with Jack Jones. Yeah, Jack Jones has been great. No, I wanted you to say who. Oh. Well, who are you talking about? Jack Jones. Okay, who? Jack Jones! Perfect. (laughs) That's much better. <laughs> but yeah, the conversation does start with Jack Jones. He's been playing really solid on the outside boundary, and he's not afraid to come up and make a tackle. He's been like probably the most reliable defensive back outside of DeAndre Pierce, who I want to touch on in a second here. Jack Jones looks like the best corner we have right now, and that's not a slight to Chase Lucas, who has also played extremely well. But Jack Jones just looks like a guy who is playing with a high level of confidence. And as everyone knows who likes football, there is nothing scarier than a defensive back who
who is high in confidence. Jack Jones, seriously, looks like a guy who could compete for an uh, all-Pac-12 mention this year. He's playing hot and confident. Responsible for one of the turnovers uh, in week one, he had a forced fumble, uh, as well as he's already got two pass defends. Uh, from what I have seen, from when I've gone back to watch some of the games, I haven't seen really many bad stats from Jack Jones. Again, if you're playing maybe some teams you expect to take advantage of, maybe there hasn't been that number one wide receiver. We kind of talked about Kyle Williams last week going into the game against UNLV, uh, who had a good game uh, the previous week against Eastern Washington. That being said, Jack Jones took care of business. As we start to get into some of our, our conference play, or even BYU, uh, Jack Jones is definitely put a little bit more to the test, and we can see how legit he's going to be. Uh, but so far, so far through the first two weeks, I feel very comfortable with him as my number one corner. Yeah, and another guy I want to highlight real quick, uh, staying in the defensive backfield, I alluded to it already, DeAndre Pierce. Pierce has been another stud playmaker for us. He has one of the other interceptions that we have on the season. Took it 35, or 34 yards, excuse me, so a little bit of a playmaker with the ball in his hands. And he almost had another pick this past week. I know there was one that kind of bounced off of him. And I am very, I'm very excited, and he's been a very nice surprise for this secondary that is chock full of talent. But I just want to make sure we highlight DeAndre Pierce because I feel like he's not getting enough love right now. Agreed. Uh, he had that first interception, I believe, in week one, uh, very early in that game. Yes. Uh, so got Sun Devils very excited uh, early on to start the season. Uh, so DeAndre Pierce, definitely somebody else we want to highlight. Um the last guy I think I would just like to touch on, uh, we're going to continue to talk about him until somebody else steps up in the defensive line, uh, but Tyler Johnson's got to be that guy for me. Uh, so far through really what was closer to like a game and a half for him. I don't think it was even that much. It might not even been a half a game, but a, a game plus. We'll say a game plus. Uh, he's had at least a sack. Uh, he's got four total tackles. Uh, really, I what I'm going to be looking for is how he's doing against the run as well. Uh, so can he get pressure on the quarterback? Can he stop the runs uh, when they go outside his direction as well? Uh, but if he's at least creating pressure on the quarterback and letting some of our linebackers and uh, everybody in the secondary go to work, that's all I'm really looking forward to him. Yeah, and there was a lot of pressure on Tyler Johnson to take up the responsibility of being the primary pass rusher when Jermaine Lole went down earlier in the offseason. So Johnson looks the part so far. He looks like the guy who's going to be the primary source of our pass rush, and I'm confident in him. I think that moving forward, the Sun Devils can definitely rely on him to generate their pass rush and be the lead anchor for it. Meanwhile, a guy like Gary and Butler, sorry to bring him up, but can't help it, is able to I'm sorry, move. What was his name? Gary and Butler. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the future number one overall pick, but Darian Butler can seriously just roam around the whole field now. We don't need to pigeonhole him into one role. He can pass rush. He can drop into coverage. He can make sideline to sideline tackles, make plays in the backfield against a run. Whatever it is, Darian Butler is allowed to do a little bit of everything because guys like Tyler Johnson can man up and take responsibility for the pass rush. What Tyler Johnson can do for this defense will allow everyone else to not have to worry about juggling a million tasks at once. If Darian Butler is going number one overall, it has to be a draft of only ASU defensive linebackers or like a draft of only defensive players named Darian. Look, man, Darian Butler is the best player in the Pac-12 right now, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau 
being injured and not playing, and it's not close, and you can't convince me otherwise, and there's no way I'm biased because Darian Butler is simply a man amongst boys. Okay. Well, to anybody listening, if you want to go uh, talk to Richie a little bit more about this, Richie, where can they find you? Yeah, you can just at me on Twitter, you cowards. That's at RichieBrance36. I know that hopefully most of you guys will be biased ASU fans like myself. You can also find me at Cedrios, and you can find the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast on Twitter as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure to give us a follow. Uh, give us some comments as far as what you're thinking about with our podcast. Uh, if you like some of our takes, definitely let us know. If what we were saying you totally disagree with, let us know as well. We want to interact with you guys on social media. Uh, continue to just get to know some of you a little bit more and grow this Sun Devils fan base on Twitter. Make sure to come back tomorrow. We'll be bringing on Locked On Cougars host Jake Hatch to talk about everything uh, that is BYU Cougars football. And he's going to break down a little bit more of the game, what we're expecting from this 2-0 BYU team so far. Uh, and we'll get a little bit into, hopefully, a little bit of smack talk as well. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. See you tomorrow. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.